Hey. Oh, hey, Donald, how you doing? I'm fine. Just a little nervous here. You know? oh, no, Do I gotta... still sound okay? You sound fantastic. Nothing's changed. All the sound checks, yeah, with that damn... Um, all good. Beautiful. And it says in the background, keep calm, right? Keep calm and calculate. So Yeah, you know where that came from, right? I feel I it's should. A, I think it's a Rob Colley Power Pivot Pro thing. Oh, okay. I, I've had it for a very long time. I forgot how I got it, but somewhere. But yeah, it's that good. is what it says. Yes, it's very good. It's nice, n- n- nice background, mate. Um, before, before we before we get started, should we do you want to introduce yourself as to who you are, what you do, well, and sure, all I'm that stuff? Don, is that okay, or Donald Parrish. I sort of go by Donald as I've gotten older. You know, Don to friends and whatever. Yeah, I'm a Power BI. I won't say a Power BI guy, but sure. uh, right now I'm a Power BI developer. Hmm. But I didn't start out that way. Uh, been working at the Buckle fine purveyor of expensive blue jeans at malls across the United States since <laughs> uh, Before that, I was in the Air Force for about 12 years active duty, finished up to 20 years uh, wow. in the reserves. So I've got a few Air Force stories. Uh, did a lot of the American taxpayers send me to Italy for four months, as I mentioned, about 25 years ago, which was Absolutely. very appreciated. <laughs> I'm uh, sure you earned it, mate. So yeah, uh, went to school at Michigan State University, got a degree in system science, don't ask, basically electrical engineering. Okay. 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 Air Force decided to make me an imagery interpreter, looking at overhead pictures from uh, wow. planes and other things. That's pretty interesting. And uh, then they sent me to grad school to go uh, master's in operations research, got the degree in the background there. Yeah, haven't really used it for that much, but you know, I got statistics and stuff. Okay. That helps. Uh, Right. Oh, yeah, sure. It, I've used good. it a few times. I right. used calculus once. I did rocket science once in one of my jobs. Wow. Calculate the velocity of an air-to-air missile. And I'm like, I'm doing calculus. This is cool. <laughs> right. You know? So I've got I've got to say that this is something I can, I can dive into a little bit. As someone who is not from the U.S. and learns most of our stuff from the U.S. from like, you know, media and stuff or, or TV shows. And then there's always this, this episode where someone has to study calculus. I've never been really sure what that actually means because in the U.K., I've never really seen calculus on. I mean, we, we did really? we did maths, but I've never done anything called calculus. Really? Like yeah. integrals, derivation, it's calculus? I mean, oh, okay. So maybe we just call it something different in that case. I mean, I mean, it's usually it follows like algebra and trigonometry or something. Okay. Uh, maybe they maybe they did. I, I don't know. And maybe, there's maybe. actually two types of calculus too, by the way. Do you want to be really smart? I, I do the, want to be really smart. I'm not, but I do really want to be. Yeah. Well, in computer science, there's the lambda calculus. Okay. Which was invented by, I forgot, either, well, was it Turing or one of the other guys a long time ago? Anyway, it's it's it's... If you were a computer science major, which I'm not, by the way, <laughs> you you would you would learn that stuff. So maybe sounds cool. that's maybe that's the thing. I just wasn't in. I wasn't good enough at maths to get at that level where calculus became a thing. You know, uh, I, trust I, me, I had calculus about four times. It never really got you. Kind of, it was. It made learning DAX a little bit easier because you know I'm sort of used to beating my head against the wall and forgetting it and keep going around and around in a circle. I can is, understand that. Yeah. Which is Dax. I've never gotten through the book. I've got it up there, back there somewhere. One of the, yeah. Uh, yeah, this bad boy over here. Nice. You I do, do have all the books. I love this whole background you have going on with the, the, the qualification and the whole books thing. It's 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 a very nice. It, it makes you look very kind of into the topic, very, you know. I just got a blank wall yeah. behind me. I should, I should work yeah. on that. Maybe get a bookshelf or something. And I have to keep all the books at work because my wife doesn't want them around the house. And I don't know what I'm going to do if I retire. 
because what am I going to do with the books? I mean, I'm going to hide them somewhere. Probably have to get a storage room or something. I don't know. Yeah. Can you get your study? Like, when you just have a place at home just, just for yourself where you have all these little these, these books where you can just kind of sit oh, there and feel, and feel intelligent? I've already got some closets full of stuff, including I did mention I was in intelligence in the Air Force. I don't throw stones at people like, you know, presidents. We've had those things where they had classified documents found in boxes. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying it happens. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I don't judge. That's all I say about that. <laughs> if you take, if you bring something home and it accidentally has a classified document, these, these things can, these things can happen. Yeah. What I've heard from a friend, what you would do if such a thing happened is you would of just course. take it out back and burn it. I mean, that actually it. makes a lot of sense. Actually, it makes sense. Don't tell anyone, just burn it. It never happened. Yeah. yeah that's what I would do if that ever happened to me. Maybe like so in the, in the UK where we have like the the fifth of November, you know, like bon, bonfire oh. night. That's just... I know that poem by the way. You know remember, it. Remember the fifth of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I'm very. I see good. no reason why gunpowder powder treason should ever be forgot. Wow, I've got to say. Sorry, I read the book. No, I like it. And I, when you said you knew it, I was like, this is going to sound really cool. I I honestly didn't exist. I didn't know the second part existed. I just really. So huh. how does season, uh, season three? Well, that's because, yeah, I read like a history book about it. The oh, okay. And it had all sorts of fun stuff in there. And of course, I saw the movie, uh, you know, uh, V for Vendetta or whatever. Of course, right, that was a while ago. Which is how Americans would find out about that. In When I was living in Berlin in 2006, I worked in an Irish pub. And the Irish pub that I worked in, they used that pub to film one of the scenes from that film, V for Vendetta. Really? Yeah, that's kind of got to be cool. I have seen some movies where you see, hey, I've been in that airport or I was there. Uh, I think one of the, um, oh, what was that? Um, shoot, the thing with Nicolas Cage and oh, um, National National Treasure. Treasure? Yeah, I, right. I watched the movie after I'd been to Philadelphia, you know, and mm. I'm like, oh, yeah. And it was funny because you're like, well, they went from that place in this case scene to this place. And that's like three miles away. So yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That wasn't quite how that really would have happened. That's um, if you watch the um, I think there's one of the Bourne films which is set in Berlin. It's like the same ah. thing. It's like scenes where it's like, wow, that that guy can run fast to get from <laughs> one side of the city to the. And you just kind of, I mean, I'm I always find it really interesting because I'm from a really small town, which is never on TV. So when I moved to Berlin, I was like, oh, I know that place. I know that place. It was like really interesting for you know. There you go. Right. Um, about trains. I do like the trains, by the way. Now, this is America. We don't really have trains. Okay. But I do yeah. have a train about 30 miles away mm -hmm. that gets me places. For instance, I was at the, we have a thing called SQL Saturdays mm -hmm. in the States. They yeah. actually started in Denver. The first, uh, Steve okay. Wake, I think, started the first one, you know, however many years ago. Cool. Uh, and I hadn't been to one since, you know, COVID or whatever. And mm -hmm. so I went there last weekend and that was fun. Nice. Some people were, were there. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Then I'm going to go to another one uh, tomorrow, the Minneapolis. Oh, a few wow. people from the Saturday morning learning group, the SML mm -hmm. group, uh, yeah. Kevin and uh, Chris Wagner. Oh, wow. I'll be there too. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go there. That, that one I have to drive though. I, I thought about the train. It was like, well, I've got to go to Chicago. It's like mm -hmm. 22 hour. And I'm like, oh, I'll just, it's eight hours away. I'll drive. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So I do. Uh, traveling by train is the best way to travel. I love it. It's so relaxed and just kind of sit down. I'm, I'm off to Munich in a couple of weeks. It'll be the first time I've been away actually since COVID for, for work so, stuff. You know, we have a enormous security at airports in the States. Yeah. Do you have more train security than we do in the United States and Europe since they're more popular? Or we no? have no. no train security. You just get on and We go. have none either. It's beautiful. Yeah. No one's ever yeah. blown up a train and it's just beautiful. Yeah. You just get on the train and you go. It's so good, yeah. I, I, I always find it it's easier to be late for a train though 
because you, you, with, 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 with airports, you're like, oh, man, you got to get there like two hours in advance and stuff and go right. through all this with trains. Like, yeah, just get there and show up and get in the train, you know, mm-hmm. which is why I always buy a flexi ticket if I can, because it means you can just get on any train. It doesn't matter what time it is. Just get on the train oh, and go. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Costs a bit more, but <laughs> for someone like me, who's just a bit forgetful, it's a good idea. Yeah. So I just just saw a comment by by Anthony here, basically saying that Ben is learning about British history from a non-Brit, which is true. And also even even worse considered the fact that I actually did actually study history, by the way. So there you go. Well, you know, it's funny. In World War II, they would catch German spies because Mm -hmm. they would know the second verse of the Star Spangled Banner. No American knows the second verse of the Star Spangled Banner. (laughs) The Germans were such diligent guys. They like learned it all, you know? (laughs) Might be a true story. I don't know. I love that. <laughs> I hope that is true. It would be so cool. Oh, man. So, um, but, yeah. Uh, where was I? But, yeah, I was in the Air Force and yeah. doing intelligence work. And then I, I did got the master's degree in opportunity research and did a little bit of simulation work. Rocket. So the rocket, the calculus and the rocket science hmm. uh, briefly. And then they sent me back to intelligence. And anyway, when they threw me to Saudi in 94 is when I learned visual basic for applications. If anyone knows that. Because I had you know, a pretty boring little yeah. thing I had to do every night to some word document. I got tired of doing it by hand. So I just recorded the macro, cleaned it up and uh, automated my life there. That's amazing. That I, I love the way you, where you learned this stuff. Like, yeah, I was in, what do you say? Saudi Arabia, do you say? Saudi. Yeah, I was, I, was in, I was in Saudi and just, just that, that, that's, that's where you normally learn that sort of stuff. That's what you do. That's well, fun. That was the good old days before, you know, they started blowing stuff up as much. And, yeah. You, know, you was... could get off base. Because yeah. I haven't, you know, been to the desert since then. But you know, after that, everything's mm. like that. You're just going to go to a base in the middle of the desert and probably never leave. There's Crazy. no fun in that. So I'm I'm curious about studying in so away. Sorry, I forget the name of it again. You said you studied in the the, the, the U.S. Air Force Institute of Technology. Yes, Air Force Institute of Technology. It was their own master's program, own okay. own school with like Air Force officer teachers. That's and amazing. that was your job. Now the, the funny thing with that was. You cannot skip classes. They said, you're getting paid your salary to go to school. You're going to go to every class. You cannot oh. skip. Oh, that's very <laughs> different know? from my... Even if you stay there and study <laughs> on base, but you had to go yeah. to class. Yeah. That was a non-negotiable uh-huh. uh, thing there. But was it like at a at a, a university or did they have to have their own university or is it like parts? Yeah, it was of... there, basically there. Well, it was on an Air Force base uh, in Dayton, Ohio, right, okay. right Patterson Air Force Base. It's where... Uh, the Wright brothers learned to fly and stuff. I mean, they did the flight there, but that's where they did most yeah, of their yeah, work okay. that was out of, out of there. And, you know, it's just uh, one of the campuses. It was a big, pretty big base, an engineering base. Hmm. And they had some, they had a, uh, basically a building with classrooms and stuff in there. Hmm. They had computer science, uh, you know, everything there, really. I'm not sure, but lots of engineering and, uh, and such. And they would basically, that's how, you know, the Air Force is actually pretty good on education stuff. And they, yeah, sure. Yeah. Of course, most people get masters on their own, but hmm. some people they would send off to school to get a masters. And it's your job for 18 months. It's kind of nice. I mean, yeah, that's a nice way to go to school. Sure. Yeah. I bet. Uh, but I love this, this, uh, this change of pace from going to like from, if it was from the Air Force to this, um, the, the buckle, right? Yeah. I love that. Just that complete change of pace. I mean, I'm sure it's a, a many a thing that many people do go from military to something else. But how how yeah, was that? Tra- how was that transition? Was it weird? Well, I was stupid because I left the Air Force on Friday and showed up to work on Monday because they needed me real bad, right? Yeah. And I had had a proper vacation for yeah. like two or three years. I think I had sixty days of vacation saved up for the military, and I was so I was getting paid for for two more months. I didn't need the money. Really. Oh wow. 
And I said, okay, I'll show up. You guys, I'm like, I should have said, you know what? I need to, I can show up in two weeks or a month or, or, you know, something because, but yeah, my wife was from, uh, from, from where we moved back to Kearney, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm in Nebraska, by the way. Okay. Do you know where Nebraska is? I didn't know where Nebraska was when they sent me here. I do not. I didn't know. Yeah. See, it's in the middle of the country. Okay. It's so uh, eleven seventy-three miles from Boston and from San Francisco. If you okay. take it that, way. so okay. they claim to be in the middle. One of the places that claims to be in the middle of the country. If you, if you do it that. Way. But is, is it a nice place? Like not outdoor stuff to do, or what's what, what's the what's the what's well, Nebraska? Nebraska, thing? it's kind of flat. I mean, okay. it's a nice town. It's about thirty thousand. So I I don't mind. They have a small university here. You know, mm-hmm. hospital. It's it's okay. I grew yeah. up in a town like this. I don't I don't mind. I don't need the big city. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there's it's not pretty. Like I go to Denver last week, and like, ooh, there's mountains. It's pretty. No, we don't get that. We're kind of like Denver, but without the mountains and stuff, just flat. Mostly. I I think I so this is another random country. I think I learned that Denver had mountains from watching Jer- the film Jerry Maguire, really? because there's one part where two universities or saw two teams want to sign him this guy that what's the guy the quarterback calling jerry Maguire, and he's like oh, i'll either sur- he said i'll either surf or ski and that's because one oh. of them was Denver. and i was like what and i was like okay because it has mountains so you'll ski sorry that's a really random thought yeah. for me there but it also just comes to my mind <laughs> when i think I about that sort of thing i've never seen that one Long time ago. Yeah, it's it's, it's, um, it's been a while. It's been a while. But yeah, so basically, when I was in the Air Force, you know, I started you know learning doing computers as a hobby, and of course, I learned you know when I was a kid, like on a trash eighty machine mm. in nineteen seventy nine eighty, right. etc. Yeah. And, and obviously, if you do engineering and stuff, you're going to learn some programming. They they don't really teach you as much as what well, here. Go do this, and you go figure it out, mm. which is good because that's kind of what real life is when you're doing something. You get there and you go learn what you need to learn. And, yeah. and figure things out but i remember just doing my first pivot table in like 1997 or so nice and i'm like this Love is it. cool and they're yeah. actually fairly new fairly new then Can imagine. and uh i mean then when i got to the buckle i was doing some programming with the helping with the online store to get packages out which i did for quite a bit long mm-hmm. afterwards so okay. even the bi stuff here was sort of on the side okay my main job was was keeping the packages going out the door and helping with the program in there that's really interesting. My, I think my first experience of, of doing anything with, with, with um, Excel, anything that wasn't just basically here's a giant list, was actually also regarding um, shipping stuff. I was working in a, um, like an electrics like a reseller. They were kind of like buying, mm. selling, all that kind of stuff. And it was right. basically that just to ensure that stuff was getting shipped out in time and like processing orders. And, and then people want some reports on it. And that, though that wasn't the primary reports, mostly it's the boring sales inventory orders mm. yeah, which yeah. is great that's the money maker. that's what bi mm. makes its money on right yeah. i mean everyone cares about that yeah i mean and what's funny is the stuff i did and I, i'm not proud of this code you know i've still got 24 year old vba visual basic for applications code still running wow, i think i had really? a contest when when hopkins was asking he found some code from 2001 i'm like i think i can beat that and i looked up my little thing and said yep february 2000 i had i wrote this this piece of code here and it says Horrible, sort of horrible report. It's basically it's a VBA writing SQL to get data, bringing it into a table, making a pivot table out of it, adding pictures, which by the way, you can actually natively do in Excel now with the new image yeah. function finally. Yeah. And pivot tables need to get those too. Well, pivot tables have them, old school pivot tables, but uh, hmm. Power BI or analysis services don't support the pictures yet. I yeah. need them to support the pictures. That's one of my requests, by the way. 
because so that, that that's one of the questions. If you could if you could change one thing, that we'll get to later. That would right? be one of the things. <laughs> because literally back in you know twenty four mm. years ago, I had to just do it in a VBA, insert a shape, put a picture mm. in it, put it at the cell, resize the shell so the so the picture fits. And now I don't do that. You just throw a picture in the cell. Yeah, and it it, it works. But I'm uh, not sure. I got to say, if you found so VBA from from two thousand, that's still running now, isn't isn't effective. I don't think you can call that bad code or something that has to be extremely good code it's still doing the job what's there for it might it, it might In not be as sense, beautiful yes. as you want it but you know yes. but still and i you know it's parts of the code i don't i'm not going to change yeah. now someone i had had me add a field i had, i had sworn i was never going to change anything but i said no you need to be using power bi you need to use something mm -hmm. newer to do it mm -hmm. but they just wanted one little field I'm like okay i have to add a field to a select statement in sql mm -hmm. and do a change okay i will do that for them because i do like to you know Keep the business happy when I can. Of course, of course. You're not. You're, uh, you're nice like that. Keeping the business yeah, happy. Yeah, pivot tables, man. That's all you need. Pivot tables. I mean, you said you, you said your first pivot table was '97, right? Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, roughly, yes. Pivot tables are still cool. I gotta say, pivot tables are. I really enjoy pivot table. Well, well, you know, what's funny is you know, because back when you know Power Pivot came out in about 2009, 2010, mm. and I was on them pretty early. Mm. Back then, that's all you had. Yeah. I mean, you got pivot tables hmm. and you had DAX, and that was cool because all you could really do was, well, do cool DAX and put it in a pivot table. <laughs> That's all anybody wanted, right? Yeah. Now you got all these other moving parts in Power BI. You at know, the, at the end of the day, sometimes I think that's still all people really want, you know? You know how it goes when you build these reports yeah. and then people connect to a data set and then you see if an Excel file is connected to the data set and it's just full of pivot tables. Yeah. This is just. Well, it's, it's, and, and one of the things, too, people forget actually on the. Uh, well, you were on the show this morning with the uh, explicit measures talking about people still using Excel. Yes. Yeah. And the reason, you know, I've got this other, and this is my oldest, my power pivot thing, basically from 2013 or so. I really mm -hmm. spent only really about two or three months really hardcore getting that going. And it's still mm -hmm. the biggest thing out there. But there are some uh, buyers of merchandising doing planning and forecasting. Very yeah. rough, right? Mm -hmm. So they need to have something where I, I get the sales history and the inventory history, but then I want to put my projections for sales down here and have them added in to the mm -hmm. future. So I'm basically using, I mean, I'm using pivot tables, it's cube formulas. Yeah. Yeah. We use cube formulas. So, and I've got everything set up so they can put those numbers in and it all adds up. Again, I would rather use something fancier, one of those forecasts, you know, right back tools. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was all, I, I loved looking. Rob Colley was doing all this stuff with the blog yeah. and Mr. Excel days. If you're Mr. Excel, still kind of out there. If you've ever seen some of his videos on YouTube, yes. like, you know, video number 3,405 or something. I got to say, not for a while, but yeah, that's a good point. I thought well, that's true. Yeah. Oh, with Excel, yeah, he did one with Excel of itself, I think for me, I, I watched a lot of Win, but also a lot of um, Oz as well. Not a bit of Oz to Soleil's like Excel stuff. Kicking about yeah. that. I... Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, he's, he's still pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, um, uh oh, Fernando just asked me. There a you question. go. Now you go. See, good timing. Yeah, I'm a procrastinator. When right? are you going to start speaking? I've been meaning to do something gonna... sometime. You know. Actually, if you want to, Berlin User Group would be happy <laughs> to you know have you do something there, mate. Well, first one I'd probably do would be the Dallas Fort Worth user group because that's uh, Kevin Arnold does that that's one. Fair. I, I kind of hang out. It's a little chat group. It's only a handful of mm. people, but you know, somebody has a uh, 
a, a wonderful, you know, DAX question or Power BI question, and we just yeah. chat a little bit and, and stuff. If you were going to, so then what do you think your session would be? If you're going to do a user group, what, what would you? Oh, I know. It'd be on Star Schema, baby. Ah, really? Oh, okay, fair enough, so. I have, did I mention I have all the books? I literally have all the books. Can so show, show us a couple of those books. Books. I'm curious what you got, what you got going on back there. Well, I highly recommend, by the way, I'm, I'm reading this cover to cover. I have a bookmark here. Kimball Sorry, Group. the Kimball Group Reader. Okay. This is a collection of all their blog posts from 1995 to 2015. Oh. Now, you can read most of these online for free if you go to the Kimball Group, mm. but they put them in a book and there's some commentary and stuff. That's pretty cool. Very nice. Oh, what else do I have here? Oh, look at this. This is the first edition of the Data Warehouse Toolkit by Ralph Gimbel, 1996. Wow. I love it. With a forward by Bill Inman, who I really don't like. Don't tell him that. <laughs> I'll edit it out. Don't worry. It's all good. Um, so th this is, oh, that is th these, so the book from that, that's still rel relevant though, right? This still, I mean, most of the core stuff in there. Well, that book, that book in particular isn't as relevant as the other editions. Okay. I don't know. All, well, the thing is sort of like SQL. No one says, gets popular writing a book on how to do SQL queries or anything anymore, really. Right. I mean, there's probably some books on yeah. you know, SQL for smart or some, but it's sort of, that's kind of done. I mean, we know how we set up the database. Fair enough, and really with, you know, Ralph Kimball's books and stuff, we know how you set up basically a strand and you mm. the so-called dimensional modeling, right? Yeah. Uh, why is it then, maybe you can, sorry, please don't interrupt you there, please. No. Okay. Why is it that, do we, every now and then I'll see like on some kind of social media, someone saying that Kimball is wrong about this, that, and the other. Oh, yeah. What, what's well, especially, you know, Microsoft, we're sort of in a ghetto with Power BI. You know, there's other people out there and all the cool kids are doing other stuff, DBT, mm. and I saw Air, Air Swift or some, what, Airbyte or whatever it was. Other ways of doing the same ETL, okay. Okay. which is, by the way, what I call uh, bronze, silver, gold. I just call it extract, transform, and load because, yeah. wow, that term's been there for like, you know, 30, 40 years. Why not just keep using yeah. that? But yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's all different ways. But what's interesting is particularly I've been paying attention to Joe Reese, okay. R-E-I-S. He wrote a book on uh, for O'Reilly called Data Engineering. Mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of platform agnostic. But... He's, I, as a matter of fact, the other day I was throwing Kimball because whenever someone mentions Inman or something, I go in there and put my <laughs> Kimball stuff in there. And he's like, I'm tired of all this Kimball versus Inman stuff. <laughs> do what you need to do, people. Fair enough, yeah. Um, but yeah, if I did a presentation, I've been kicking around for a couple of years. It'd be something on how to do the star schema, but but the harder parts, not the, just the, mm. okay, here's a simple sales and date and customer and do something like, well, you got this thing and you've got... You know, transactions that have line items, which you have discounts, mm. which you have tax and this one. And how, how do you take that and make it into Star Scheme? You know, I would be your target audience there because um, if I could take one element, um, oh, he's late. Don't worry, mate. It's all good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if I could take one part of, of, of the, the entire process of report building that I concerns me the most, it's always, it's always it's the modeling always part. Well, every time, like right here, we had a problem the other day. Hey, we're trying to filter this thing by that thing. Well, this isn't connected to that. That dimension's not connected. It's not going to filter the other thing. Hmm. Well, I want to do it. Maybe I can write some really fancy decks to get it to work. No, yeah. Yeah. it's not going to work. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. And uh, and every time you let the model slide, yeah. Uh, yeah. Come every on. time you let the model slide, it just makes everything else downstream worse. You know, For the, sure. the yeah. model's going to be slower. The DAX is going to be harder to write. And yeah. And I, I get it. It's pragmatic. Power BI is very nice. It lets you do things that the old school analysis services, which, by the way, I played around with starting in 2000, but that was very, very much on the side. 
the old school MDX stuff. Ah, well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, which still lives in Excel, by the yeah, way. All yeah. the Excel pivot tables still generate MDX, so yeah. I occasionally have to go look at that and stuff. You know, with that, you had no choice. You had dimensions, you had facts, you had associated. You couldn't just say, "Well, I got this table, and I'm just mm. going to use stuff within the fact table as a dimension." You just couldn't mm. do it. Yeah, but now you can. And, and again, if it's a one-off, fine. But when it's going to be my hundred million row transaction database. If you yeah. do it wrong, it's going to start to hurt you when you go from, well, it works fine for a month of data. That's great. Mm. How about for a year of data? Yeah. How about for two years of data? Yeah. And so. Yeah. Now, start encountering, and I, I blame, I'm going to blame this on, on COVID as well, by the way, that mm. companies wanting um, more history in their reports because they mm. want to see data that was during and before COVID, so you really can't compare stuff to COVID to COVID years because it's an unfair for many many oh, yeah, uh, that was yes. So and now, trust me, in retail, that was a pain because that's that one year that's all oh, screws everything up. Absolutely. It's like, oh, can you can you can we see everything from maybe two thousand eighteen until now? Yeah. It's like, oh come yeah. on, man. And that's what we had to wait all the year over year stuff. Well, I wanted to do year over two years ago. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we've got the wonderful. If you guys are in retail calendars, the wonderful you know, extra 53 week years coming up at the end of this year. <sighs> so if you're dealing with, you know what I'm talking about every six or seven years, it's like some yeah. little curse or some Jubilee thing coming around. I that. And I I'm like, that. I, I want to be gone before that happened. I didn't want to yeah. deal with that again. <laughs> <laughs> but I figured one more. I think, I think with, with those sort of things, my, what my desire is always just to kind of pretend those days don't exist. It's like, you're not going to go bankrupt by ignoring those, those days of business. Just, just, just ignore them. It's fine. Yeah. Too too hard. It's not actually hard. It's just a bit yeah. pain. Sorry. Honestly, you just restate the calendar. You just push all the weeks back. I'll rephrase. Weeks. I'll rephrase. Too lazy. That's too lazy. That, yeah. That, okay. okay. I didn't. I didn't want to, oh. to, to push it on on the difficulty part. Just just the fact that I couldn't bother to do it. So yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's also it's also pain. Yeah. So, so you. But, yeah. So someday my modeling thing, I will do a modeling thing someday. I hope you do. Hey, well, apparently the the people are there who are wait, waiting for this session to happen. Yeah. yeah so it yeah. seems that when you do it, you're going to get a big audience. So you know. We'll see. We'll start off small. Yeah. You know, do a do a user group, do a SQL Saturday, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, I thought that was a, yes, exactly. Not being a lazy, I'm being efficient. Thank you very much, people. I really appreciate your um, <laughs> your, your, your support in that one. I'll um I'll screen that for, a screenshot that for my boss. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but now you're now you're working a lot with Power BI and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, you're a, a developer, and so show. I'll, I'll I'll ask I'll ask the question now because you, you said before that you'd before we went live that you you'd prepared for the question. Um, so the one thing that you would change. Yeah. What's the one thing that you would change, Donald, from Power BI? What's the well, one? One thing, thing I, I mentioned before was having images. Yes, like for merchandise fine. in a pivot table. Yeah. The other one, and maybe I'm just thinking about it wrong, is you know when you create a measure, the first thing you're going to do is like rename the measure, which I mean you're going to have to probably do anyway, right? Mm. You know, some of, but it's like you know measure one or something. What if I got to highlight the field that I'm that I want to make the measure on, and would I'll maybe take that and automatically make yeah. measure? Maybe the the other thing does that, but just take that and at least put that in the name or or do something. With it. And we could guess on it. Okay, it's probably one. Try let's start with the sum x and just yeah. wrap it with the sum x or something with the proper name. I that's that's a small thing. That's that's all I would. Ask. I get it. My thing is for that is because most of the time when I'm doing measures, I've been using Tablet Editor, but then when I'm building them 
actually within Power BI itself. I forget that I can't just, you know, right, right click on something and say, sum that, you know, average that. Like, why can't you do that? Why can't you just click on like a value field and just say, create a sum measure? Yeah. That would be so helpful. Yeah. So by the way, are you, do you basically use tabular editor instead of, uh, I, I actually wound up using visual studio for, we're still on analysis services for our big boys. So we're still using the visual studio for that. Yeah. I used to, and used company. To yeah. So I used to use visual studio when I previous company because of what we're, we're, because of what we're using, but at my current company, we use different stuff. So I, I don't, um, but yeah, I used to have it at a three. It was a challenge to get that in, installed because of all the security admin type stuff then that um, you have to deal with mm -hmm. sometimes. But yes, I yeah. primarily use tablet editor three. So I got that license yeah, sorted out, yeah, which is quite nice. Yeah, it's money and my guys are pretty cheap. Yeah. I it's feel about, like pushing it. And... I mean, tablet editor two is great. I mean, it does a great job, you know, it's just there's still yeah. small differences. And for me, it's just also, I prefer the, the, the user interfaces. I find it a little bit nicer. Um, there's, there's still a few things that you do. It does a little better job of. Yeah. Maybe making sure some things work. But I've been having fun with PBIP. PBIP, is that how mm. we say it? PBIP? PBIP, that's the PBIP. one, yeah. PBIP, PBIP. Uh, lately. And I'm still playing with PBI tools a little bit as well, because that's about the only way you can get Timdall uh, yeah. in your in your thing right now. But with, you know, basically, by the way, what both of those tools let you do is hack things a little bit. Mm. Uh, like I had some user measures that were overwritten by server measures from a server layer, and they had the same name. And for some reason, it it's using the server ones, but it won't let you delete the old ones. Okay. And it won't let you make a composite model. So all I figured out is I just opened up the PBIP and dug around until I found them and they were in this config dot something file sort of hidden in there and you can just delete them by hand. But the nice mm -hmm. part is PBIP, you can go in there with that little JSON stuff, delete stuff carefully, match your curly cues and everything, and then it will reopen as a PBIX file and do its thing. Okay. Okay. And like one use case would be, let's say you've got your super duper, you know, date table where you've mm -hmm. hidden some columns, you made some hierarchies, you've done your formatting and all that. You wouldn't have to redo that at all or put it in a, you can put it in a template too, but you can yeah. basically take that little piece of JSON for that date thing in the one master model, paste it into the other one and then recompile it. And you would, you could have the same thing. And I've done that once or twice. Okay. So it's kind of nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, I've got to say the people that I haven't, I've explored it a little bit, clicked around, seemed interesting, but I haven't really managed to dive so much into it. Um, also, right. yes, Christian, I agree. We shouldn't ignore the new kid on the block, Power Bear Explorer. Yeah, it looks a little rough so far. I tried it when it came out Friday, and I was like, eh, it gave me some error messages, and I'm like, okay, we'll come back yeah. maybe in a week or two. <laughs> you can feel the, uh, that that it's um, the the beta version, right? It's oh. um, yeah. Uh, I think Matthias is going to be on Reed Haven's show uh, like October 4th or something. You can look it up, talking about the, that PBI Explorer thing. Okay, that'd be cool. So you could look that. that might be. I saw Reed last week in Denver, by the way. It was, oh, yeah? yeah it's, of course, cool little Star Wars shirt on and stuff. I don't have any really cool shirts yet. I did order a Star Schema shirt from uh, nice. who's the guy that came up with the Star Schema, all the things in the little small uh, starfish guy? Yeah. Robin or something? I, I'm sorry, I should remember his name. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I know which one you mean, though. Someone will chat and they'll, they'll, they'll correct us. Yeah. But yeah, he has a yeah. swag store, and so I bought a T-shirt from him with it. So because he had it, he was wearing it during the presentation yeah. the other day. Which you know, as I go to a lot of webinars and presentations, don't my boss has noticed? But you know, I'm working, <laughs> kind of working most of the time. It's relevant. It's work. You're learning about stuff yeah, for your job, well, right? Yeah. Sometimes I, you know, give it half credit for something. We'll <laughs> see what I'm doing. <laughs> for sure. No, I, I, sometimes with a, like, especially with the, the, the time of the day 
if you watch if when I'm watching something like the um the what's it called? Just one I was watching this morning. I always forget the name of it. With my call, explicit measures. That's a, that's a good one to have on at work because it's a nice chat, a bit of information, and I yeah. can work at the same time. It's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, there's there's there some regulars, and of course, you know, Kratos Bi, Chris Wagner's been doing his yeah, thing. So I try to catch him. See if I really like people. Like you're on the list. You know, you get an actual uh, appointment, recurring appointment on my calendar. <laughs> Because, nice. I mean, I've got thank the reminders you, you. might pop up on YouTube. Yeah. But, you know, if I'm busy, I may, I may not know some, but mm. I actually put some things that get on the calendar and then yeah. I don't miss them. Because <laughs> even though I try to watch a bunch, I have missed a few like, oh, crap, you know, I got I was working. And I forgot. And was, yeah, I'm the same. I try I, because I think because I live stream myself, I tried to watch as many other live streams as possible because it's nice to kind of see what's going on and stuff. Um, yeah. But actually, sorry, just thinking again about them. Um, Power BI Explorer, which one of the things I've been thinking about recently is just using external tools. And um, there are a lot of them, right? And it's this, I mean, they're all, they're all serve a good purpose, but I'm starting to get frustrated by the fact that there are, there are so many, not because of the fact that the people who create them, but it's more like, yeah, it would be so nice if they were just like, well, in, in, I, in, in, in one place or in two places, you know? Yeah, well, remember, some of the stuff that's shown off is is going to come to desktop. You know, something like sort of, a, I think it was kind of like a DAX Studio thing where you could put some DAX code in and run it or something. I yeah. think they're going to bring a few things in there. I think so, I, yeah. I think you're right because most people aren't really going to find those and, and use those unless yeah. they really have to or someone tells them about it. And if you just built the stuff in or... And then I think it, it goes maybe back to a little before what I was saying before about you know the experience of writing um, DAX in Power BI desktop is just generally an unpleasant experience, which is always oh, strange. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. It's such a core part of working with Power BI, and it's it's really I want to think the word finicky. I'm not sure if that's just a very English word, but it's a very mm. kind of. It's not easy. It's not fun. You have to like you know you have you can't put you can't you can't put enter or you can't hit return. Otherwise, it just finishes and you can't move stuff around. It's just very static and it's I don't understand why it's still that way. It really hasn't changed that much since when. Not really. I mean, it's it's oh it's okay. I mean, if it's anything serious, I'm probably in DAX Studio anyway. Yeah. You know, at least I got the format button sitting right yeah. there, and you know, I, and I'm probably maybe checking the timings. I'm sort of particular about you know things that run too slow because. You know, again, as I was mentioning before, with poorly designed models, they get slow. But I mean, some things like I see it's like, why is that taking three seconds to render that page? And that's my, yeah. you know, I'm not probably going to about. I see somewhere it's like three, it's like twenty seconds. I'm like, that's not acceptable. That's okay. It's all right. I'm like, no, it's not. It shouldn't be that slow. Oh, that's you interesting. Know? Oh, I'll be honest, I, I do that sometimes, but it's probably, it's probably lower down my list of priorities. I mean, really, if if a report works, I can I can deal yeah. with three seconds more than like yeah, three, right, but but ten seconds? No, 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 that's not seconds? that's not cool. No, no, like ten you seconds know, is not spinny, acceptable. Spinny, spinny. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. And the worst thing is when some when there's a report and every time you, you someone clicks on a slicer or some kind of filter, you've got to wait like seven seconds. <laughs> so what the so heck? Finicky. So uh, sorry, <laughs> it's the word finicky. I'll get that in a second. So it's when someone buys a slicer and then you got to wait like ten seconds for that slicer to actually do something. It's really confusing. But yes, yeah. sorry from right. from Fernando. Finicky. Yes, it's a, a word to listen. Uh, finicky eater. Finicky. He's terrible. Finicky about his food. Yes, a lot of attention to detail. So basically, it's it's not easy. It's kind of like you got to be very precise and you got to be very yeah. 
it, it was the lack right. of spaces in certain places that confused me there, um, Fernando. But thank you for, 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 for providing the explanation. That's funny. Oh man, there was one word that I, I was speaking to with my friends a few years ago now, but it was one of these situations where I didn't realize that this word that I'd been using my entire life wasn't an actual English word. It was a very regional word. So if you have, if you're in your car and you're driving very slowly, very slowly, then you're in a traffic jam or there's a, a in your parking or something and you just go bumper to bumper and the kind of bumpers kind of like just touch, not really heavily, right. just touch. Okay, right. Yeah, a little tap or. Yeah. In Newcastle, we'd say, or where I'm from, we say dunch and dunched them. D-U-N-C-H. And I was speaking to my friends, oh, we just dunched. And they're like, what? I see him, but you know what? I dunched him or whatever I forget the situation. Like, they were like, I have no idea what that means. And there was in that moment, this word, I was like, that's that just, yeah, that's just a Newcastle thing. Really yeah. strange. That's a new one. Yeah, that's cool. Um, on this, regarding yeah. being very precise and attention, attention to detail, there is a Finnish word. It's the only Finnish word that I know because I don't speak Finnish, but I used to work with someone um, who was Finnish. And this word, um, I'll paste in the chat and then people can Google that if they want to Google it, but it's in, it's, I can't say it because let's just say it, it has, it has the translation is a, is a swear word. But this word that I've just pasted in the chat is Finnish for someone who is very, has a lot of precise attention to detail. It's pronounced wow. pilkunusia. So if you Google that word, someone you can you'll see what it means. Probably don't paste it in the chat. <laughs> um, but it's it's basically like someone like in English. In English, we we would say more of that like a, like like a grammar Nazi, yeah. Someone right. who's like with with grammar. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. But it's 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 a that's it's related nice. to it's related to, to commas. So um, that's my favorite word about someone being very precise. There you go. Sometimes <laughs> you need to be. I you don't know. do. There's nothing. Sometimes it, that's that's very acceptable, especially when it comes to your DAX, right? Dax or Mountain again, it, well, anyway. And like I said, that's you know, I like Dax and I've done my share of doing complicated Dax, but you don't really want to. And if you don't have to, mm. it's you know, let's try to avoid it, you know, just just do a sum X if you can, yeah, exactly. Just add an X on the end, cues all things. Well, my I used to remember when I thought it was bad to do a sum X back in okay. the old days, I thought it was slower, I thought it would force you to do something line by line. Instead of just it just being you know some being syntactic sugar okay. over it yeah okay and there's other things like again you know I guess started with I don't know it was bad habits back in the day because you just didn't know any better there weren't any books or anything yeah and something you sort of learn one way and until you have to change yeah. it you don't and I still need to get through that book I've not gone through that the mm. uh, Dax book yet I get like halfway through or third of the way through and I yeah just, yeah just don't but that's a good point I would be really curious as to see obviously it's pretty pretty much impossible to find out, but just to find out the, the accidental bad practices that are still followed by people who are kind of very good at what they do, you know? So yeah. the accidental bad practices of, of, of the Italians or, or the, yeah. the, the guys yeah. in Cuba, whomever. Yeah. Well, they've got that new tool whenever they, that DAX optimizer, whatever it's called, that I didn't get a, an invite to, by the way. Uh, so you can run your, you can give it some, your model and it's supposed to go through there and find your Dax that can optimize or, or whatnot. Wow. Uh, Belinda had, had had a couple of runs. We did a run there the other Saturday, I think. Okay. But it was the one I saw was kind of boring, so it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was too good. Of, it wasn't anything that complicated. Yeah. 
all, all the DAX was, was too good. There was, there was nothing to optimize because it was all, it all being done to, to perfection. Yeah. Yeah. That would but not yeah, happen on any of my models. Yeah. But I subscribe to that SQL BI plus thing. And I, again, I better start using it up before the end of the year. I mean, I'll probably renew it, but I, I'm, I haven't really used as much, but they yeah. have some good course in there on, you know, yeah. refreshers and how to do DAX and yeah. group yeah. buys and stuff. Yeah. I did that, that, Mastering tabular, I think it was called. Oh, did you? Okay, I was wondering how that'd be. Very good. I mean, really, you have to take. I mean, it took me a while to get through it, right? Because you, yeah, it, it's quite. And, and, I mean, for somebody, I obviously I don't have that background, right? So there's a lot of things that I was just kind of like going through, maybe maybe doing once or twice just to kind of get a better understanding of it. But right. we, I mean, for value for money, I thought it was incredible. I got to say, really, yeah, very impressive. Yeah. So. Hey, do you remember uh, Avi, Avi Singh? I guess I don't know how to say his last name. He was one of the old guys who used to work with Rob Colley. Uh, name rings a bell, he, but... He sort of does his own thing now. Sort of basically like more, very much more of a business-oriented Power BI thing, helping okay. people kind of get started or maybe go do it as a career. Um, maybe it's Learn Power BI might be his one of his websites. Um, uh, what's, his, what's his first name again? Avi, A-V-I. Yeah. And S I N G. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. Because with the, with the yellow bow tie, right? Yeah, bow tie guy. Yeah, he, was, he, he did that, that book. But yeah, he had a little, a little mini you know, online conference last week with basically it's like your business user types showing off stuff. Like there's a guy with a winery in California and he's got all these graphs on the fermenting and all this stuff. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, we always get on and we're talking about this and that, but the business users don't really care about that, you know? Yeah, that's fair. We just want something that the numbers match, mm. of course. And, of course, they don't. Well, what's cost? Well, mm. what is cost? What's, mm. How are you calculating it? Uh, and they want it fast enough. And, just, and honestly, they don't care about the speed that much. But, you know, but, you know, they want something that's useful to them. And mm. that's when it's been fun doing something like the thing I did. You know, it's been over 10 years mm. and they're still using that. Yeah, I find that very impressive. Yeah. I've got to say, I mean, anything that, that lasts that long, obviously yeah. has amazing well, value to it. And, and, and the nice part was something about, I mean, I, I didn't do the report. I mean, someone showed me like, well, it's coming from my data, from my mm. model. Right. But mm. I didn't make the pivot table or anything. They're cool. Man. Hey, they use that and they threw something else in there. Hey, more power to you. That's great. Nice. Really nice thing. But, yeah, I think I would like to, I'd be curious as to the reports that I've developed over my time, developing many Power BI reports, how long the longest one has, has actually lasted. Let's consider the, 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 when I first started using Power BI, I was at BSF probably about 2017. So mm. I would be very surprised if any of those reports still exist. Actually, I kind of hope they don't because yeah. back what I was building back then was probably well, not great. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing, like I said, you know, the, the old VBA SQL stuff, I'm trying to retire that stuff. I retired a few pieces of the stuff that's on my list to try to retire. Well, I was on the list for this year. It's been on the list for next year because uh, it just got to get out of here. No one's going to want to maintain it after I'm gone anyway. Yeah. So I get Fair it completely over. Hey. But, but, you know, the key part with that, again, back to the Excel thing, hmm. you know, it's not bad. If someone's using Excel, if they're connected to your Power BI model or your analysis services model, and then at least they're using the same data, that's the important bit. Yeah. If they're yeah. doing that, instead of, believe me, copy and pasting numbers from some emailed report to something else and sure. doing all that nonsense. Sure. Yeah. So, no, yeah. it's um, it's it's interesting like the way they, the way these things go and kind of what you build and that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
Just what is Tijuana Black, by the way? Is it like a store or a bar or something? No, I get this thing because Avi wears the black shirt and the yellow bow tie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But yellow teal for, for fabric now. <laughs> I because... can't stand it. I, I still, I guess I, well, originally we were, what? We were, what were we originally? Crap, now I don't remember. Were we green first and then we went yellow? In Power BI? We were... Yeah, Power BI was sort of yellow. It was yeah. yellow. So Power BI was yellow and then it went to green, I suppose, because of. Well, yeah. well, I don't. Know. They it's said still. they said it went to green because of people. What's for for reasons? Well, they said it. it was for it was they were lying. It was for yeah. uh, you know assisted stuff, and really it's because they were just going to change the color scheme. And they came up with some BS reason exactly, for it, which and I admire as an intelligence guy. That's called misinformation. You know, you're you're not going to keep it totally secret, but you yeah. kind of mislead people as to what it really is about. But the frustrating access, thank you. The word I was looking for was accessibility. Thank yeah, you so much, yeah, Fernando. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that frustrated me because when they changed it to green, for me, it became harder to see certain things. Yeah. I've mentioned this before. Um, the yellow was just really stood out really well. But with the green, no. So, oh, yeah, yeah, for accessibility. Not one person. In fact, most people were saying, I have accessibility issues and this is now worse. And they're like, no, 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 accessibility. And then, like, what, two months, three months later, out came fabric. And it's like, yeah, okay, guys. Like, cheers. Yeah. And, I, and by the way, I don't like the whole fabric thing. I mean, I don't want, I'm sorry, I don't want to call myself a fabricator. I mean, now again, for Joe user, Power BI probably won't mean that much. And, and you ever heard like someone say, like, Power B1 or something? <laughs> you know? No. And by the way, you know, B1, by the way, is is this plane here, mm. you know, which is okay. one of the ones I, I worked with these guys last, which are very nice bombers. But I think I saw one of those in Berlin, an air show once. The huge you, things. You probably could have. Yeah. yeah. Very pretty. Yeah. It was. And they're still going. They'll probably go for at least another, maybe about another 10 years or so. My, um, so let's say my, my, Stepdad's brother, back a while ago, he used to live in Chicago, and he worked okay. on, um, what are they called? Stealth bombers or something? Those kind of black ones that have the weird shape, and they were designed... Yeah, the, B, the B-2 or the F-117 yeah. is the fighter version, and the B-2 was the... Okay. And there's a few more now. I remember it, it was this one, this type of... It was grounded for, for a while. Something happened. It was grounded, and he was working on this mm -hmm. project to get them ungrounded. Sorry, that's my only only thing that I have. Yeah, no. Well, if US. there's an accident with anything, they'll just ground ground everything. There you go. Did you hear about like last week? Like somebody, a marine pilot got ejected out of an F-35. Yeah. Apparently, it may have been an auto ejection. It was. It's like a vertical takeoff version, mm -hmm. and there may have been a use case where, hey, they're afraid it could like flip over, and the guy wouldn't have a chance to eject. So under certain conditions, the plane might just punch you wow. out. In this case, it just punched him out, and the plane just kept. You know, flying into it, just somewhere. Yeah, I heard that he, he landed in someone's back garden. They had to call like the emergency service or something. They was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> yes. And by the way, one of the stories with that, by the way, if you ever like, if you ever jumped out of a pair, used a parachute, jumped out of a plane with a parachute or anything, I have not. No. So you know, you got some straps to go between your legs, and you might mm -hmm. do this if you're rock climbing, you're rappelling, you got a rope on you. You guys, you want that tight. You don't want a lot of looseness down there. If when it gets really tight makes sense so when you get in a plane like i i got to do a little you know trainer jet thing mm. back in 85 anyway they, they adjusted and they pull the straps and it's pretty tight and they're like is that comfortable and you're like yeah it's okay and then they just pull it tighter and he's like, that okay? <laughs> like no it's not and they're like okay good <laughs> it shouldn't be comfortable <laughs> oh man that's awesome so look i'll be honest and i gotta go skydiving i am 
terrified of heights. It's not going to happen. Are you sure? Well, okay. I mean, I'm not going to tell you you're not. No, I went to the top of the so the TV tower in Berlin, the Fensertum. It's like okay. the high, and it is uh, no. Bear in mind, I used to be a flight attendant, which I know sounds pretty strange, which is a different yes. thing. Um, <laughs> I guess it's it's for me. It's the the lack of of power and that's not like wrong. i'm not scared of airplanes because if something happens to the airplane a pilot can can kind of pull it up or do something technical if right. if a tower starts to fall over it's just falling over you know that that's that's right. what's going to happen i think that's right. one of the things like if i if i'm if i'm the tv tower i did this a long time ago when i went up there i just imagined it was like this floating ball that wasn't att attached to the ground and that made mm -hmm. me less scared huh yeah the only thing i've noticed is if i'm on a rope if I know I'm supported, I'm okay. I mean, if you put me on the edge of a building, yes, I'm going to get very nervous. But if you have me in a rope and I throw the rope mm. pulling me, you know, I'd probably be fine leaning over that, leaning over the rail with the rope. Yeah. Because yeah. when I did my parachute once, now what I didn't like was we took off in this little Cessna with an open door and I'm sitting near the door. I'm mm. just like, oh, worried. What happens if it just sort of fall out? And you get really worried because you, you go out on the wing and then hold the thing like this and then let go of your feet. So you're sort of hanging there and you're supposed to look God. back at me. He gives you the signal and you let it mm. off. And that was kind of nervous. But once you had the parachute open and you're just like, you're in a, like a swing set, you know, you're sitting up there and go, okay, I'm supported. I'm yeah. falling. I'm, you're looking down. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's probably a really obvious thing to say, but I think once the parachute would be open, I'll be fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just relax and enjoy it. But I think it's yeah. one of the things I wish I'd done when I was younger because I was just a lot less. Yeah, you're still pretty young, aren't you? I'm 40, coming up 41. Um, oh, trust me. I, I used to think I was old. I don't think that's old. Younger. You know, that still seems pretty young to me, man. I, I don't think it's old, but I'm pretty sure it's not young. I'm, I'm, I'm in the, that, uh, that middle ground, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're getting near middle age. Yeah, yeah, 45 exactly. middle age, right? Yeah, you know, if yeah. you hit 90, you can't say you die too young or anything. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah. trust me, and, and there's biological breakpoints for that too, by the way. Okay. Uh, 28, uh, and I think there might be one million. 57 is another one. Okay. And then 78. There's some biological breakpoint. Interesting. I'm saying, and all I'm saying is, you know. It's good to know. I'm I turned 57 and my eyebrows started growing weird directions and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, well, Anthony, Ben stole a spring chicken. Yeah, yeah, spring yeah. Chicken. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, it was, it's, it's been about four years since I started taking out individual gray hairs. And I was just kind of let, just, just let it happen now. So it's all good. It's yeah. Kind of, well, I tell people now, obviously, this has been gray kind of for a while, though. You know, I used to think it was gray. And I look at the picture like, that doesn't look really gray. It's, like, <laughs> it's more brown than anything to me. But I just tell the younger guys, when you start getting the gray, just use the Grecian, the, the shampoo that just sort of gently covers up the gray okay. and just start doing that once you turn like 30 or so and you just it never you you won't even know that you, that you're getting gray maybe Fair enough. I, I don't know yeah. but you don't want to do what i did which is when i was 50 and i was fairly gray i tried dyeing it and it was a little too brown and guys at work just making fun of me i'm like okay i'm, I'm done. yeah you got it that's yeah no that'll happen um my dim date dimension why does andy want to see my dim date dimension? Wait, i stole wait. it from the italians by the way the one they that's basically used in bravo but They've had out on their site for a while. Well, let me see Don's dim date dimension. Okay. I'm, cu <laughs> I'm curious now. What and I don't call it dim date because I don't like dim or fact in my names. If I did do them, I have seen people put them on the end. And I'm all, I'm better with that because it serves a function of you could you wouldn't be able to sort them alphabetically by it, but you could sort of see which ones are facts and dims. Mm. I don't like extra clutter in I don't front, like of my, front of my names. 
Oh, the 28th. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There I got it. Oh, there we go. Maybe yeah. I could. I'll have to find that article and uh, do it. That'd be quite. I cool. can't remember where I saw that now, but. I'm, anyway. the, I'm the same regarding with the names, by the way. Um, I'm quite strict about when naming the measures. I don't like it when people like the thing should come first because it's so alph alphabetically. So yeah, like the name of the table and then fact or name if you want to put it in there. Yeah. But I don't like it when people write like whatever, just say net sales and then, then they'll write previous year net sales. I'm like, you got to call it net sales previous year or something. It's very, it's yes. I'm, 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 that's how I do like to do mine too. So they're at least grouped together. It makes sense yeah. and be consistent whatever you're doing if it's going to be number of this or number just make it consistent so because we're all you know we're all auto typing in the search box anyway just make it mm -hmm. so you can pick it up quick enough yeah yeah be okay. i'm fully there on, on that one dim in fact don't move okay i, I agree Very good. okay i appreciate that um, yeah. solidarity and naming convention is always really good we should um try to find some kind of global naming convention that we all have to just, adhere I to. The, I just use the orange book, baby. The one, the the one thing you guys book. said too was like, and this seems silly, but like for fact tables, you can make it plural and make the dim tables singular. So it's a store table and a sales table. So the S okay. indicates that it's a fact table or it's a bunch of stuff in there. Okay. And that's right. But that's just because they... they Subtle, but... Yeah. Subtle, yeah, subtle, but you know. it depends. It would be nice, so that that could be another thing to add to the list for Microsoft. It would be so nice, maybe if you could mark a table as being a factor of them, hmm. at least for some organizational capability. You know, you're giving a special icon, maybe or something. I I don't know. I'm also thinking I might be really wrong now. I don't think I am. You can when you're in Power Query, you can create groups for your for your queries, but you yeah. can't actually group them when you're actually in power bi so if, if i have a list of tables on the right hand side right. i can't actually group them within a folder correct yeah that's, that's frustrating i wish i could do that because that's yeah. no and that's not i mean you know some things are you know some things are easy some things you know, if microsoft could put an intern on it for a summer and and get it done they'll do it right and i've seen them do those i appreciate though they'll take stuff that you wouldn't have thought they would fix and like well they picked an intern they put him on it and that was his job and he did it but some things are just too hard. You know, might have too much history to go back and. Yeah, and I was getting that because uh, I, I had a conversation. I forget with whom. There you go. I want to bring up. So if you say something that my ideas are great, I just going to bring them up on the screen because I'm I'm very vain like that. You know, <laughs> I have a very fragile ego, so I appreciate you saying it's okay. a great idea. Um, yeah, I had this thought sometimes, but also with like the visualization side as well, with the work that Miguel's doing. You know, good work fantastic really happy but yeah. still you get the impression sometimes it's just like some kind of historical code that's really hard to change that's an integral yeah. part of some yes. stuff that it just limits what they can do you know right and, and that's just how it is with some things i mean you're just not going to go back in time and, and mm. change it it's just not going to happen yeah i yeah. mean i think we're going to be using sql for the next thousand years the way things are going by the way you know yeah. there was that time 10 years ago when people had other query languages and, and whatever else mm. And it looks like it's just going to be SQL. Yeah, <laughs> basically, probably okay. I don't know. Everything else will crumble around. Power BI will disappear. Fabric will disappear. I hope, and also all we'll be left with will be Excel and SQL. And that's that's what we'll have, and then everyone will be happy with those two yeah. things because that's that's all we all we need, oh. need at the end of the day. Did you see they're putting Python into Excel now? Yes, I saw interesting. that. Interesting. It is. I mean, I'm not really afraid someone. 
maybe even this morning was mentioning, you know, afraid of having a bunch of Python code in your Excel. I'm like, mm, maybe your Excel users, mine aren't smart enough to be worried about that, you know? But yeah, was, it would be a nice capability to have, you know, especially for somebody smart that knows what they're, they're trying to do in there. It's all over LinkedIn. I saw this like Python going Python and I was like, okay, cool. I'd never, the interesting thing, I mean, I'm not really, I suppose, in with the Excel side of the community, if you will, but yeah. I'd never right. heard of many people saying, oh, I wish there was Python and Excel. That would be so cool. But all of a sudden it's there and everyone's very happy. So great. Well, like I said, I don't, again, I don't know if Joe Business User is going to be jumping on it, but, but like I've got a, a data analyst who knows Python from her little, you know, thing. And so I can see her doing something and, and tying it in. So I don't yeah. I don't, hey, more, more options, the better sometimes. Yeah, for sure. That's, no, that's where I, you know, that's to get used, to get used. Yeah. Now I was, um, had a conversation. I was pretty happy the other day because someone has asked me about the ability to, if I could help them use, um, I think they were asking for to use um, R in Power BI. And I was yeah. like, like, you know what, honestly, I can't because my R just doesn't exist, basically. Yeah. But then we had the conversation continue. I was like, you know, we could just probably do this with Deneb, you know, because actually from what, what I can see you want to create should be pr pretty doable. So now I get to do at some point in the nearish future, do a couple right. of Deneb training sessions at my company, which is pretty cool. I'm excited cool. about that because it's a sort of thing where you're like, do people are people going to learn this? Is it uh, should I use it? But if I get other people kind of interested, then I can use it and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I need to go play more than visual. They said. I remember. I mean, I remember when D three came out, ah. which is what Power BI is based on. Back, I don't know when that was. Two thousand, late two thousands or so. Two thousand nine, two thousand, whatever it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Because uh, I remember like, oh, that's cool. Saw the graphics and stuff. I've. I wish I had the the need to use D3 for something. I've started to learn it really slowly, and that's really interesting. I love it, but until I have a project where I re absolutely require it, I know I'm not going to get where I want to be with it because it, it, take, it takes a while. It takes yeah. a, it's brilliant, though. I love it. I think it looks it looks like an amazing thing that you, I mean, you can obviously do for some fantastic stuff with it. But yeah. Well, but I see Andy was talking about SQL. It is a pretty easy language, especially when you keep it simple. You know, I like now I've never done like a bunch of story procedures and variables and SQL and all that. I just use it as query language. You know, hey, give me my select star from yeah. this. You know, if I remember to put the group by in when I do put the group by in, that always catches me every time I do it. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, I will learn one more language. I will learn Python. I, I got a yeah. Book. Borrow it from a friend. You know, okay. Learn Python. Not that it's a hard should be a hard language to learn. Uh, but but uh, all the kids are using it now. You know. That's true. But are you the sort of person who can do that? Can you learn stuff without actually actual without an actual like a, a use case or like a need it for this? Yeah, that's, sure. like, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. bad at that. I mean, if it's a well written book, I mean, mm -hmm. you can certainly go through. It. Again, with this, I'm more going through. You know, I used to do. I, I dabbled. So you know, VBA, Fortran. Mm -hmm. basic well bb the first way okay basic fortran in school mm -hmm. vba and then i learned java when java was a new kid had that little weird icon guy the little dance i forgot his way he even had a name with it. he had there had a little icon guy uh, <laughs> no. object-oriented databases were the future this is like the late 90s like 96. oh yeah we're going away from sql it's going to be object-oriented databases okay no, oh yeah i hate object-oriented programming and stuff don't we, that's another discussion <laughs> functional programming is the way to go but yeah i learned ruby on rails if, if you ever heard of that it was a web framework that was sort of popular about 2005 okay they were one of the first cool kids to get into git so i'm still okay. a command line git guy which is how i think people 
should learn how to use it because Fair enough. every GUI for it's different and you got to learn all the different ways to do it. Where if I know the command line, I could just, you know, like a command line, you, you know, the command line, you know, the command line, you don't have to worry about learning anything That's true. Uh, new. But Ruby and Rails and Py Ruby and Python are sort of cousin languages came out in the 90s. So okay. similar stuff kind of. Uh, wow. And then I learned a language called Clojure just for fun. Like you asked me to learn. I didn't have anything like really in particular. I just got interested in just started mm -hmm. reading books on it. But again, that's like the perfect language that no one's going to use because it looks funny. It's a it's a list, <laughs> right? Parentheses are in the wrong spot. Real? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, yeah, list is very simple. It's mm -hmm. you start everything with parentheses. So it's very easy. You want to start mm -hmm. typing. You type a parentheses, left parentheses. Mm -hmm. Then you do your function, and mm -hmm. then you do your arguments as many as you want. So mm -hmm. parentheses plus, and then give a list of numbers and close parentheses. That's your function plus applied to those arguments. See, you just learned you just learned list enclosure. That's basically all there is to it. Gonna put on my CV now. Yes, go for it. <laughs> uh, but Python, I'm allowed to learn enough because actually I'm getting no. interested in trying to make some money in the stock market, right? Which I'm, I'm pretty good at losing money in the stock market so far. By the way. <laughs> well, congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> but there's all again. You you learn a language for the, the libraries. So I, I mm -hmm. saw this article and like, oh yeah, there's all these finance libraries to get stock market quotes into Python and wants to do forecasting it and to run rules. I'm like, oh, well, cool. I don't have to write a lot of extra code. I mean, mm -hmm. I could, but, you know, why do it if libraries are? So that, that will probably be my one of my first things to use that for. There oh my go. gosh, Fernando was doing C sharp, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's again, learn enough certainly to do tabular editor, which I've done. I mean, it's sort of like Java, it's the same syntax. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between like, hey, I'm, I'm a professional programmer. I'm writing some real some real sort of application or something and just i'm doing some scripting you know i'm yeah. doing a, a five line thing a ten line thing to do it like i did a, i did some vba the other day i was very happy to do that nice i had a bunch of pivot tables hmm. that i was converting from one server to another one right and you can just switch the connection but the guy put 15 pivot tables on a page probably doesn't need to be that many to do whatever he was doing and i wasn't going to change it by hand because it's one of those things it's not hard but you do this you wait five seconds for this to refresh and then you I so it, i just yeah. roll a little loop to, okay find all the pivot tables on this work mm. sheet and change this connection yeah you know, and that's why that's a scripting thing right you know just a little thing makes your life easier but this is the thing i like it's nice to get at the point where you can where you know enough to like write a decent amount of your own but also more importantly understand the solutions that you have to Google for the stuff that you don't know. So you, you know, you, you can write a bit, it's okay, but something doesn't right. work or you want to learn something new. So you can just to understand, once you can understand the core principles, right. That for me, that's like, once I'm at that level, I'm happy. Basically. I don't have to like, it's the same with like, like SQL. I don't have to like make these like huge statements that are completely doing everything. And like, I, well, yeah, right. It, well, and I'm, that's where, you know, when we were talking about finicky and stuff, that's why I'm sort of maybe with, with Dax or the model, it's like, I'd rather spend the extra time to get something that is right. Hmm. And is kind of cleaner than to just get something that kind of works and then just go on. I mean, again, it's one of those things, how much time do you want to spend it? Yeah. You know, you can spend all day and dig a hole and waste a bunch of time, hmm. or you just spend two seconds thinking about it. And you should, if you thought five minutes, you would have figured hmm. something better out. Uh, by the way, uh, who said Pascal? I did do Pascal in college too, as well, of course, okay. which is 1983, which it was one of the teaching languages at the time. And then later, actually in 2000, for my algorithms class, when I went back to school for two classes, because I didn't mm -hmm. have a computer science degree, right? Yeah. So I took two classes. I took one in uh, algorithms and data structures. Okay. So you learn how like, like a sort that works for like a hundred 
things isn't going to work as well for a thousand or okay. is going to go exponential and blow up on you. Yeah. And I took a database class. So I learned proper okay. SQL. I learned about, I actually used it to do my first, you know, star schema stuff. I found the little data warehouse chapter on it. And said, oh, it's got, it. sales and it's got date and it's got, <laughs> you know, this cool. I'll just copy that. That looks good. <laughs> Excellent. But yeah, we had to do Pascal for that class too, because back in the time, you hmm. the classes went in whatever language the teacher wanted to teach it in. If yeah. you didn't know it, well, they give you a free compiler and go learn it, man. You're done. <laughs> you know? Damn, that's so. a lot. That's a lot. Interesting though. Um, but when this this coming from from Andy, like Elena, and then um, Chat GPT, I, yeah. I I you know um, I'm I'm bringing this up because I did this with a colleague just uh, just this week. And we, we do with with M, and it was pretty bad. <laughs> Gotta say, <laughs> what it produced was not. Um, I know I mentioned this before the the Win Hopkins <laughs> video about how the, it's very good at commenting, but the code itself I did not find particularly helpful at all. There you gonna go. Uh, by the way, Cobol, I debugged as an intern for Detroit Edison. By the way, Kevin, downtown, I did debug some Cobol code in nineteen eighty three I've got. So I, I have. I have looked at Cobol code. I have no idea what that is. I've got to say. Um, it's actually spelled with the two O's, uh, of course, Kevin. But it's it was like an old school language from the fifties or sixties, supposed to be a user friendly business, you know, programming language that any but it could kind of program things for themselves. Mm. But it's hor horribly. Yeah. Uh, how do you say verbose or, or whatever? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, verbose. Yeah, yeah I got it. And huh. uh, one second. Okay. Yep. This is true. ChatGPT and Vega and Vega Lite is yeah. also so not good here. <laughs> I, I'm scared of the ChatGPT thing because, you know, it's kind of like when you're wondering about, hey, when did this cool movie come out in the 70s? And you're trying to remember with your friends about when it came out. Of course, now you just pick up your phone, you go Google it, and you, you know it. Right? Yeah, I know. But think all the fun out of programming, at least, you know, in the old days, okay, you know, like when I came up, well, you had the manual and you yeah. had yourself and that's about it right yeah, you, yeah. you have to figure stuff out and then you went to the long phase of you just google it and everybody can figure stuff out by googling it yeah. and now it's going to be even worse you got the chat gpt and they'll just chat gpt and everything yeah i don't know i agree with that it's interesting that you bring that because um yeah. yeah for example when i have something that i'm really that i can't remember but i really care about I refuse yeah. to Google it. I sit there, I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I need to work this out myself. And it's the same with the problem. I, the thing that's for me most enjoyable is, is I'll talk specifically about Vega Light here, for example, if I don't know, is to find it out and kind of go through different ways of failing myself and trying different methods and then finding whatever, searching for stuff. If, if it got to the point where you could just search, I'd be like, that's boring now. Just, just yeah. a, I think for the for people who enjoy doing that sort of thing, you have right. a certain certain personality where you just want to know. It's kind of that that need to kind of that have that knowledge rather than just kind of go, please do that for me. I don't yeah, know. right. We'll see. It'll be, it'll get there, and that's probably fine for some things. It'll hmm. you know, it's kind of like having maybe an intern. Yeah, like I've had interns. Okay, they go out, they turn out some code. Okay, I'm going to spend a little bit of time cleaning this thing up here. Yeah, yeah. Really like, oh, don't yeah. put it into production right away. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it could probably be okay for some stuff. Yeah, um, sure. See, oh, by the way, it, you know where I work here, we do have a, a machine called the a IBM AS400, also known as an I series, also known as Series I, because IBM keeps changing the names. Uh, yeah. Basically, a not a mainframe, but kind of a mini frame. That's not the right word. But it was kind of in between, you know, okay. being a personal computer. It's like it's pretty big iron nowadays. Okay. Anyway, they had a language called RPG, 
which I'm not sure if punch code was in there, but it started out basically it was, was derived from punch code type wow. cards. Love it. And we still have quite a bit of that floating around here. And once again, as with COBOL, I, I, I've looked at it mostly to try to steal logic. Okay. I got to build a, I want my numbers to match the numbers coming out of this RPG report. Well, let me look at the source code and I can figure out enough of it to figure out where they got the data from and what they were doing to it. Hmm. But it's just, it's, it was the old school stuff was really horrible. It was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> oh, was bad. Trying to and oh, maybe nice. it's better. I don't know. It may, may not be that bad. Oh, I love it. Like I said, I'm into a bunch of new languages. Python will be about it, I think. So. Oh, you, so you, 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 your Python is going to be your um, your grand finale, right? Is that, is that what you're trying to say? I, say. And I do like M. I got into M early. M's nice, a nice M functional nice. language. It's just, uh, I like you know, a lot you can do with that. Yeah. Uh, Chris Webb had, I think, the first book on it. I, I remember I got the like early beta edition out of Apex okay. or wherever it was from. Yeah. And it was it was that was quite fun. Yeah. And there's documentation out there too. Yeah, I was. I remember I was. Had a, I forget what it was I was doing a while ago, but there was some people like it was like a training or whatever, and talking about DAX. And I was saying I much prefer writing in M than I do for DAX. And they're like, what's my well, of course, because it works. Yeah, but but <laughs> the, the, the response was, oh, really? That's crazy. I was like, how is it crazy? Writing in DAX is for me kind of feels like I don't know. It just makes more sense than DAX somehow. Once you get above the sum X, if you're doing anything fancy, <laughs> X. Can, well, you know, it can be painful. I'm just saying, it's yeah. just how it is, right? Whereas in Power Query, it's very simple. I see my table of data. I see my change. Yeah, it's fairly straightforward. Now yeah. you can you can go into the language. You could do try to do recursion or do something a little crazier. And yeah. Go look at M key. Um, oh shoot, what's her last name? Feld Feldman. M key. You know, Imka. Imka. Yeah. Imka. Yeah. Look at her stuff. I mean, she's yeah. done crazy stuff, right? Yeah. But it's straightforward, and that's what I like. It's it's an approachable thing, and yeah. then I can you know write my M code for what I need to make it clean if I want to again be finicky about my stuff. Like yes, the GUI did it, but it did five lines, and I could wrap this and just do it in a nice little one liner. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. True. But that's cool because everybody can play there. The business user can do his thing hmm. if they're you know spend the time to learn how to use the tool. And somebody smarter can can make it do whatever they want to. Yeah, true, true. Fun stuff. Agree, agree, mate. Oh crap, are we? Yeah, yeah like, that was weird. Last time I looked at the clock, it was like two thirty. I'm like, oh crap, how are we going to fill an hour here? Tell you, man, it always <laughs> it, it always goes fast. You think it's going to go? You just like chatting, and all of a sudden it's oh. being like, yeah. So before I forget, have you been to Vicenza, Italy? No, that's where the Air Force sent me back okay. in the, about twenty five years ago. It's in northern Italy. Uh, between Milan and, and Venice. Okay. Sure, no. you've been through there or near there. Or maybe went through Verona, probably. I've been near it because uh, we drove. So we, me and my wife and our kids, we drove down to um, so Florence when we came. We went up through yeah. like um, Austria. Um, yeah. 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 So we would have drove close by for sure. Yeah. Close by either, or maybe it was Verona you went through there. But yeah, I took a bus up to Munich once through the Austria. That was very pretty. It was Oktoberfest. Ah, right. Okay. It was actually, well, that's another story. It was an epic, epic, my epic peak party for me. Is oh, yeah? Saying. Yeah. Yeah. October 1st gets, I'll be honest, I've, I've seen a bit of it. I've never really been uh, down in the deep of October 1st, yeah. but it's. The it only tip for that I noticed yeah. is you have to be sitting down to drink a beer. They wouldn't like give you a beer to stand around it. Oh, and okay, it was really crowded. There were like, and there was like ten or fifteen of us. We were trying to find a space big enough for us to sit in, mm. and we could not get a beer until we could get ourselves seated at a table and then have the fro lines come by with the mugs and, and service. <laughs> I'm like, I just want I a beer. Um, anyway. Yeah, I was remember one of the uh, an experience I had in um, 
in Germany when I was in um, Cologne, they have this beer called Kulsch, which is very nice. And they come, they normally served in smaller glasses, but the thing is, they just keep topping it up all the time. So if someone walks by, they'll just constantly top up the beer. It's not until you put like a beer mat on top of something that they'll stop doing that. And right. that caught me. I didn't realize what was going on. They're like, they're, they're going to keep doing that until you, until they tell them to stop. I was like, oh, very interesting to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Munich's a beautiful city. And like the south of Germany with all the Alps and stuff. Yeah, I love just, all that. So, yeah. Again, northern, remember, of course, northern Italy, parts of it used to be, yeah. you know, Swiss or German or something. It's kind of a big, it's sort of a nice mix there. Exactly. I'll yeah. get back there. It's been been too long since I've been over to the, across the pond. Yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. I mean, like my wife's from Florence and we like the... To be oh, honest, okay. I, I don't go there that often because normally when she goes, it's the summer and it's just far too hot for me. Um, but it's very beautiful down there for sure. So yeah, we spent uh, a couple of days there uh, when we took the train down. So. Cool. I'd go back someday. I would definitely it. go back. Next thing with Italy, you go back, everything's going to be there still. I mean, in the old parts of town, hey, it'll still be. It's been there a thousand years, fifty. It's still going to yeah. be there. Yeah. Like, well, except for maybe parts of Venice, which someday will be underwater. Yeah, it'll be a bit like take your wellies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all right um, mate cool thank you so much for joining donald it's been a, a well, great my pleasure really I enjoyed it. Stuff, but it was fun and like i said i will do something someday i gotta do some presentation i just do it don't really like doing that stuff and i, I want it to be perfect and so you just keep kind of of course of course putting up. I'll, all I'll, right. I'll, I'll start annoying you on a monthly basis on linkedin until until you do it <laughs> sounds good yeah i'll just i'll just force your hand there um right. Everyone in the chat, thank you yep. so much for all the questions, all the comments. As always, makes it um, yeah. even more enjoyable. And um, next week, I'm back, but at much earlier time. I'll back at five o'clock Berlin time anyway, because um, it's Ben Weissman, and he has requested a five o'clock time. So shoot, I'm going to change my appointment schedule. Yeah, then. just just that one, and then then right. I'll be back at the regular time. Cool. But um, well, thanks, Ben. It's my pleasure, and thanks thank for everybody you, in the chat. It's always good. Chat with everybody. Of course, this is kind of weird being on the other side of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Cheers, Mitch. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye bye.